Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Coppola Connections, the podcast where I am shaking every branch of the Coppola family tree to answer the fateful question, are they the greatest film family of all time? Last week we looked at Sofia Coppola's 2010 film Somewhere with Mary Wilde. This week, however, I am being joined by Becky Dark to talk about the 1998 disaster movie classic yes that's right guys i called it a classic and that film is the john swartzman lensed armageddon if you've seen how long this podcast is you will not be surprised to hear there is no patreon bonus content this week however you will have access to my conversation with one of the producers of mandy and color out of space Daniel Noah of Spectavision, where we talk about those films and so much more. This episode won't be hitting the main feed until June. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash caged in pod to get that and plenty of other cagey goodness. As is always the case, we will be spoiling this film rotten. So if you haven't seen it, now is your time to abandon ship and go check the handy document in the show notes to find out if and where this film is streaming. You best not close your eyes, fall asleep, because you won't want to miss a thing as we make some Coppola connections. In 1998, the Coppola family were busy. Nick Cage was in both City of Angels and Snake Eyes. His then-wife, Patricia Arquette, starred in Goodbye Lover and The High-Low Country. And the 17-year-old baby Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, debuted in film in Rushmore. Also in 1998, a scientifically correct emotional film about an asteroid hurtling to Earth was released. Of course, that film is Deep Impact. However... We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the John Swartzman lensed Armageddon. To tackle this behemoth, I needed the best. That's where today's guest steps in. Podcaster and writer Becky Dark. I've got five words for you, Becky. Welcome to Coppola Connections. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm top, thanks. Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you very much for having me to talk about this. Oh my God, what a film, man. It's, it's so wrong that it's right, I think, is, is a way to describe Armageddon. It's, uh, it, it, it ticks boxes in ways it's like, I know what you're doing there. You're manipulative. It's jingoistic. <laughs> it's like got all these kind of like red flags to be like, I should hate this, but I love it. It is greater than the sum of its parts. <laughs> I mean, it it really it really benefits from its cast. Um, like it's got it's got the names, um, and there is some absolutely classic Michael Bay camera work and yeah. effects and crazy sunset golden hour lighting and all of that like lens flare stuff going on um yeah i mean i mean we'll get into it but it's it is bonkers this yes. movie well before we get too deep into the armageddon trenches <laughs> let's kind of figure out some of your coppola credentials so when did you first become aware of the coppola family as an entity what was your entry point to the family and then like when did you figure out they were a thing? I have got the like most basic bitch answer. It was Francis Ford Coppola and the Godfather movies. Like it was just like basic level graduate job level <laughs> entry, you know. Um, so yeah, just just Godfather and this this I've always been into films, always. And um Francis Ford Coppola was one of those directors, filmmakers who was, um, he was like synonymous with names like Kubrick mm -hmm. and um, even, you know, he's like, when I, when I was young and sort of trying to become cine literate, it was filmmakers like Coppola who were like right at the top of the list and you know just known to be making these like really quality films um so yeah he was my entry point and then I mean I I'll be brutally honest I don't know a huge amount about like the dynasty as mm -hmm. it is I'm a huge fan of Sophia Coppola's films like huge fan I love them um I think I've seen all of them except for the most recent um with Rashida Jones and um, the Bill Murray. I mean, but I haven't like I haven't kind of rushed out to six. I heard sort of mixed reviews, and because I love her film so much, I was like, oh, I don't want it to like sour the pudding. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, and beyond beyond the two, you know, father. Wait, he's 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 not a father, is he? Yeah. So yeah, father daughter. But it is father daughter. Yeah, but then there's obviously like the weird connection. So obviously there's Nicolas Cage. Yes. Like, um, Jason. The reason Schwartzman. I know the reason I know Nicolas Cage is part of the family is because of the legendary Wogan interview. Yes. <laughs> that's that's how I was sort of introduced to that little couple of connection. And I didn't know the Jason Schwartzman thing until you and I started chatting about me coming on the podcast. So fill me in. Yeah. So uh, Talia Shire, who was Adrian in the Rocky films. Mm. she um well married was married to david shire the uh composer and then her second husband jack schwartzman uh she had she had two children with him uh jason and robert and he had two children already who are stephanie and today's subject 
John Schwartzman. So he's very much getting in on a technicality, but it is very much <laughs> when he was kind when they it seems to be once you kind of are married into the family, that's when your like career takes on like a new light or like a kind of new path. And I think the one of the most tenuous links, but I think is is very much goes to my theory about that is Spike Jones. It's kind of he was a, vi- a music video director, and then it was marries into the Coppola family, and then it's like being John Malkovich mm. adaptation, like Free Kings. Even it's kind of like he's not this like weird guy doing praise you, but even that, like I think the. The cameraman on Praise You is Roman Coppola, so Francis Ford Coppola's other son. It's it. By the end of this podcast, I've, again, I've said it. I said it before on this. I am gonna look like Charlie from Sunny <laughs> of Philadelphia, with like the string and tacks on a wall, just going like. So that person like, kind of goes to that person, and then they've worked with him and her, and like yeah, like. And I've set myself out the really stupid task of trying to find out like connections between all of the films that are covered on this podcast. Because especially a film like Armageddon, where you look down the list and go, so many people have been in so many films. Like, so I'll I'll warn everyone listening that I'm not going to go too deep into all of those <laughs> i will put them i'll put them in the show notes or do a, do a blog to go along with it just so people can go multimedia yes i yes. have to admit when when you sent me the very impressive and extensive <laughs> list of films to choose from and i'm sort of scanning down and i'm like oh yeah 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 oh yeah that i could do that and i got to armageddon my first reaction was what and then my <laughs> second reaction was yes i don't care how it's connected i'll fucking do it let me talk about armageddon please yeah i i, I think it definitely gets in on a technicality yeah well no he is i think like once talia shire married jacks the kids were young enough that they all lived there so like yeah, I'm, legit. I'm going I, i'm i'm going with it he's he's a part of the fact he would have been there at christmas <laughs> yeah he, he would have been if like, they're, mate if they're pulling crackers it's legitimate mm-hmm. yes yeah 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 and uh i think i think he's he's even gone on record in an interview saying like the cut like considering himself a part of the Coppola family because obviously he was i say obviously he was the dop on the rock as well so he's worked with michael bay before so it's like mm-hmm. yeah it was really weird working with my kind of cousin nick cage like on that film and then yeah there's, so there's a there's a little if you've got your bingo cards at home guys there's your first connection out of the way uh, amazing so um I, I would ask you when did you first become aware of john Schwartzman's work but he's not really like a i don't know he's not a big time like he's not a roger deakins is he? he's not like a kind of dop you go like oh, i know that guy yeah i mean I wouldn't have been able to put the name to the, <laughs> the filmography <laughs> to the style. I mean, it's it's funny because you know I, I'm watching this and I'm like, wow. I mean, this like this is a Michael Bay film in it. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just 
unescapable that this is a Michael Bay film like the way it looks the way it's shot the way it's edited um it's yeah unmistakable (laughs) but I wouldn't I would say like that's Michael Bay I would never have been able to pull out the name like John Schwartzman is like the DOP ever well it's it's a very weird because yeah he has worked with him like a a few times now so The Rock Armageddon and Pearl Harbor are all him so like I guess Mm. when Michael Bay was like figuring out his kind of like style like I don't know then again like he was doing music videos so I think he had already figured that out but even some of those like the Bat Out of Hell 2 video and stuff like that that was uh, John Schwartzman was the DOP so I guess they kind of like figured it out together yeah. in a way. Like, and maybe he's the one to blame for Michael Bay doing all those leery shots of Megan Fox and whoever. In Transformers, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Schwartzman. <laughs> <laughs> he's like deflected all the heat onto Michael Bay. I don't know. I think I I'm not sure if you've seen there's an amazing photo of Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer stood on top of a taxi cab on set of Armageddon and Michael Bay's got, you know, like those muscle vests, like really thin. So I think he, I think he's been like, I'm happy to say, like, I'll take the heat on this one. He's been a bit of a a, a leery weirdo, like for a (laughs) while. He's been a bit of a creep, I reckon. He's he's earned that reputation. Yeah, I just think, imagine getting notes off of a director and like worrying his nipples going to (laughs) break out or something. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, hey, "What do you want me to do in this scene, uh, Mike? Uh, oh, sorry, can you can you tuck that away, please?" Um, uh, amazing. Anyone so, got a hoodie or something we can just like throw over yeah. here? Shawl? Anyone got a shawl? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to wear a spacesuit for to direct this scene, Mike? Yeah, that would be fun, <laughs> wouldn't it, Michael? NASA, can we get a spare spacesuit out here, please? Um, just whatever you've got at this stage. <laughs> so let's not fight off the inevitable and get really deep into Armageddon here. Life is short. I love you. Love is forever. Will you marry me? Gracie grew up to become a full-blown hottie. You're talking about my little girl, all right? But you never know what the future holds. Until it hits. The meteor shower. This new one you're tracking. How big? It's what we call a global killer. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? You think we'll get hazard pay out of this? They'll do it. They've made a few requests, though. Such as? Oscar here has got some outstanding parking tickets. Uh, Max would like you to bring back eight-track tapes. Not sure if that's going to work. Yeah, one more thing. Um, None of them want to pay taxes again. Ever. United States astronauts train for years. You have 12 days. You stick that in me, I'm going to stab you in the heart with it. On July 1st. Tell me you've never let anybody down before. Never quit yet. How's that? Earth's darkest day. How you feeling? Good. Considering I've never been this scared in my entire life. Will be man's finest hour. I'm marrying you. You 
bet you are. Bruce Willis. Billy Bob Thornton. Liv Tyler. Ben Affleck. Will Patton. And Steve Buscemi. Whoa! This is so much fun, it's freaky. All the time in the world. We have 18 minutes to zero barrier. He's all they've got. We all gotta die, right? I'm the guy who gets to do a save in the world. relationship with this film when when would when did you first see it okay so I saw it at the cinema in 1998 I was 16 so I was like target audience for this film and um we would like chatting a bit before we started recording about like Terminator 2 being like one of my favorite ever films and uh, my mom it's funny she was quite a sort of um she could be quite sort of quiet and unassuming, but she loved an explosion in a film. <laughs> oh, like she, anything action-y, um, anything that had like speeding spaceships or anything like that, she was like well into it. And especially if anything blew up. Um, so I grew up in a house of, you know, sort of like 80s and 90s action films. And when stuff like Armageddon and um, Independence Day and all of that was coming out like we were first in the queue for the cinema we just Mm -hmm. loved it like loved it like this was like event cinema for us Um, Demolition Man mate like (laughs) you know all like all of this stuff like it's it's a um, yeah it's a passion Um, and you don't really get action films nowadays like you did around that era they're much more Okay, so they're either like superhero, like yes. you, you tend to get all the sort of camp bombastic stuff in the superhero films. And I feel like, um, I don't know, like I guess like the Fast and Furious films are still carrying on the well, slightly well, more like well, I've shiny. A, I've got a theory that like Avengers Endgame essentially Armageddon with superheroes because it's like, it's, do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, a mission is set out. They have to like, get the team back together and save the world yeah and, it, and it's like i don't but like even though this is a like half hour shorter it manages to cram in so much more like because it's like you're getting the team back together at like minute 20 like you've got this ridiculous like as it opens up with the kind of charlton heston like what is it like about the dinosaurs yeah it's fucking crazy like it is so perfect because you get it's so earnest it's so earnest it's like oh the dinosaurs i mean i i can't remember the actual number but like 50 million years ago the earth and then it's like there was this terrible meteor and the dinosaurs all died and that you know the world took all of this time to recover it's not a matter of if but when, when it will yeah. happen again. <laughs> and then 
And then you get that brilliant like title card where Armageddon comes up on the screen and then explodes. <laughs> it's like this is this is how I want a movie to open. I want an earnest kind of scene setting. Yes. And then I want exploding computer graphics, what? please, in like the first 45 seconds of a movie. It very much sets the stool of what you're going to get. Because it's like, we'll get this to like kind of, we've got the exposition dump from Charlton Heston. We've got the kind of like, right, a meteor is got like, this is like. Meteors are bad guys. Yeah. Like that like, is very. If they're big uns, if they're big uns, they're going to they're gonna wipe out the earth. Real trouble. And then yeah. it's like, but then it doesn't pull any punches because you kind of get like the meteor destroying the earth the exploding Armageddon logo and then you get like a kind of it's almost like you, you're getting like these stuff that would be like pre like yeah like preludes to a lot of films like pre-credit stuff you get another one of those with that kind of like scene uh, uh what is it on the like uh what's the name of it it's, yeah the Atlantis satellite and like the the ship up, and the guy's like sweating his ass off, and you kind of like get introduced a bit. And I love like, I think it's like Billy Bob Thornton says something along the lines of like, yeah, "Can you do me a favor up there and uh, just just calm down for a minute?" And it's like it's great. Like as, as, as soon as you like introduced to Billy Bob Thornton, you're like, right, right. And like I had you, seen you this. automatically know that he's like he's going to be the caretaker. He's like he's like the paternal father of the heroes in this film. He's the one that's like looking out for them. Um, he's you know he's sort of gruff and sensible. I love that. He's so good in this in this role. Um, and yeah, like the the thing with the spaceship is it's like oh you know what's going to happen? They're just up there doing some like routine routine maintenance by the looks of things, and then they are just torn to shreds, <laughs> like like explosions in space people screaming <laughs> and again like just it it starts at 11 and just doesn't drop below nine for the whole of the rest of the like what is it two and a half hours this movie yeah, yeah well it's got like i think like one of the you get one of those bayisms quite early on when i think it, it might be billy bob thornton's character truman or like is it oh, i'm trying to think of the actors the the kind of like general guy who's always coming in and like going like you got like the the who's oh in the... um that's uh, Keith David Keith from David. like the thing yeah yes, yeah. yeah 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 so like it, but you get this kind of whip pan like right up to their face <laughs> and it's like sh shit is serious and one <laughs> one of the things I pulled from the uh, commentary I kind of pepper these throughout like kind of talking about the film is Michael Bay is obsessed and he goes on about it especially in that like first like it, uh, like intro bit like around like mission control and stuff like that he's like if you went to the real NASA you would realize it's not a sexy place it's real boring it's real like 1950s looking he's like so we wanted to make NASA look sexy and he's like really adamant that like the places they are filming do not look like NASA. It's like NASA would look shit. Like the kind of the, when they're calling down I mean, to. I'm assuming that um, films like uh, Apollo 13 again came out around a similar yes. sort of time of all these big action films. Again, saw it at the cinema. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I feel obviously that is sort of set further in the past, mm -hmm. but NASA's very beige. 
in that. And I think that's realistic. Whereas Michael Bay's NASA, there's lots of sort of chrome and blue lighting and... Uh, Foam like, spikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he is. He is sexted up with some foam spikes and some moody lighting. Yeah, it's it's great, and that like what? So what? That's the thing. This film, it very much feels like the film. Then start. I don't know. You get load. The film starts with about four or five scenes that would be like the first scene for any other like any other film. It's like we're setting up again. We're setting up. It's like kind of like like let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's let's retry that, and then like. But it just there's so many balls in the air, like in regards to like story threads, because they're obviously like trying to set up that NASA didn't figure out this. You get that amazing like introduction, like massively underutilized Carl and Dotty. Carl and Dotty, oh my god, Dotty, who is um, Grace the Brisky, like David Lynch stalwart, and you know she's she. Honestly, I was looking up her IMDb. This woman has had a career. Like, she is such a star. She's in, like, two scenes, but absolutely owns both of them. When he says, when he says, if I if I found it, like, I get to name it. And he says, <laughs> okay, well, I want to name it after my wife, Dottie. And she has this, like, split second where she, like, looks all like, ah. Oh. And then he says, because it's a vicious life-sucking bitch from which there's no escape and she just like flips him the bird and that's it that's the last we see of them we never it's and the thing that I feel they really missed a trick on is that nobody refers to the asteroid or the meteor as Dottie at any point in the movie I would have liked for them to have been referring to it from that point onwards by nothing other than calling it Dottie Dottie is you know three days away from us now well i don't understand why they don't they didn't like because later on in the film you get these kind of like bank advert like sequences almost so you know like it just has people in like the french streets and like (laughs) people in istanbul yeah yeah yeah, and it's kind of like i don't looks like a looks like it's gonna be like a cause advert as well you've got these like kids sitting in like an old station wagon like out in the west or something oh there's i mean that's where a lot of the lens flare and stuff comes (laughs) in very low camera angles very wide um sort of panoramic views of american landscape dusty why why didn't we get those two like especially when it's kind of like when it gets to like the end like it would have nice to like just checked in on them just to be like Watching the news, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially as we get all these scenes of like people around the world, and again, again, Michael Bay was very uh, happy to point out he's like, oh well, yeah, kind of in post production. I was, I was having a few trips around, like, so when I was in Cannes, I went over and shot some stuff on the streets and stuff like that. And it's, it's a very, very bizarre. I think, I think directors' commentaries are fantastic because they are very much like a a peek behind the curtain and into people's souls of who <laughs> who these fuckers are. Um, but that introduction of Carl and Dottie, I think, is great. Especially, like, she she kind of bursts in, doesn't she? Like, Your chicken pot pie has been sitting on a table for 10 hours. And he's like, get the goddamn phone book. And he's like, the book, the book, get the, the book, book. Get yeah. the book, get the book, get the book. It's like, dude, like, divorce is legal guys like make yourselves happier what are you doing 
<laughs> then the next scene again, it's like, oh, let's have another go at doing another intros, and it's again, it's like you said, it's it's eleven, and it's like creeping up all the time because <laughs> that New York scene is yeah. phenomenal. So like, uh, uh, Eddie Griffiths just pops up as the kind of bike messenger with his amazing dog, Little Richard. Little Richard. <laughs> And um, they put in, you know, he attacks all of the, like, Godzilla toys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a joke, like, on, like, Jerry Bruckheimer insisted on putting in, because they were like, because, like, Godzilla bombed. They were like, yeah. let's poke fun at I think it's, like, one of their films. It's Roland Emmerich, right? You, you would have been you would have been first in the queue for that one as well, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually I'm not a huge fan of the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Who I don't is? love it. Although although the Jamiroquai song that accompanied it is oh yeah, Chef's Kiss. Oh, oh. we'll get on, we'll get onto songs. It's a very <laughs> big it's a very big '90s trope, isn't it? Uh, um, so yeah, that scene is. Again, it's fucking crazy. Like this film just packs <laughs> so much in. Like there are there are so many random scenes and random characters that, like you say, like you never come back to them. But it's the sort of thing that if you so going back to Terminator Two, mm -hmm. whenever you see Terminator Two on the telly nowadays, they they usually show the extended cut, which has got all of the extra bits and pieces, which is delightful. Same with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They they tend to show the longer versions now. When you're watching Armageddon, it's like they're showing an extended version with all of the bits that they chopped out of the theatrical version, like put back in. No, no, no. This is the theatrical version. Yeah. It's mad. You get hanging with Mr. Cooper turn up in a cab, like as a cab driver, <laughs> Mark Curry being, uh, I got to say, the representation of Asian people in this film isn't positive. Like, oh. So. so Apparently, you know, like the Shang, like the Shanghai set they have that, like Michael Bay, like when the meteor strikes, yeah, Shanghai, he says, yeah, like, yeah, like the production crew just turned around one day and went, oh yeah, we've been building this Shanghai set in like sh stage three, like the the biggest stage, and he went, I didn't really, and I, I should probably say with this film as well, it has got six writers. It has got like, and some of them. J.J. Abrams is one of them, isn't he? Yeah. So you got you got J.J. Abrams, you you've got Tony Gilroy, uh, Shane Solano, Ro uh, Robert Roy, Paul, and like, but some of them are listed as some crazy like um, credits because it's like adaptation by. So you got like t two of them have a story by, two adaptation by, and then screenplay by and it yeah and then on top of that i know that like there's loads of improvisation in this film so like you've got so you've got steve buscemi <laughs> ben affleck and owen wilson who by this time were writers so like at least well yeah i mean affleck had won his oscar by this point yeah so affleck had won an oscar um same year Owen Wilson would have written Rushmore with Wes Anderson mm -hmm. and a couple of years before would have written Bottle Rocket. So like had those kind of things under their belt. And from what they've said, like a lot of their scenes, and you can kind of tell a lot of the time, they are just told like, 
I don't know, say what you want. Like, when you've got that exchange between Ben Affleck and uh, Owen Wilson when they're kind of talking about Star Wars. Oh, God, yeah. That's not, unless that's Jay, like, the only one you could think is J.J. Abrams going like, I'm thinking about a job in the future here. Let's get, <laughs> let, let's get got this. Got crystal ball out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. some seeds. Let's plant, like, plant a few. But a lot of it, like Steve Buscemi's kind of doing whatever the fuck he wants. Like there are genuine moments later on in the film where it just keeps cut. Like things are tense, and you're just cutting back to Steve Buscemi going like, "Hey, woohoo!" Like just being like a madman, and it's yeah. like so he's. Hey, look, he's got space dementia, so have some respect, please. Have you done any... I didn't... There's one thing I didn't do research on, is whether space dementia is a thing. The way that line is... I know I'm jumping forward, (laughs) but it it needs to be said. The way that line is delivered, it's like there has been an entire scene earlier in the film dedicated to speaking about space dementia. Mm -hmm. So that it's been set up that the audience should know something about this apparent condition. We know nothing. This is literally the first mention of it in the film. And it is just so matter of fact. And then again, never mentioned again. (laughs) Well, what's like bizarre about it is, is this film is very good at like, if it's going to set something up a lot, like, like 99% of the time, if it sets it up, it's gonna pay it off. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, oh if, yeah, oh if, yeah. It, like it, even down to the point that, like Noonan, the kind of like the other guy in their crew, like doesn't get a, a mention when they kind of round up the gang. Like you don't see where he is. So it's like cannon fodder. He is a red shirt. Yeah, he, red like, shirt, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I like, I like Michael Bay's going. Don't pay attention to that guy. You're not supposed to give a shit. Whereas everyone else, it's like they're not. They're, they, yeah, they haven't given him a day's filming where they're like, ride a horse towards this camera, and it's like, or like you get like Ian Michael Duck, like you get to write, you get this great chase scene, or like you get strippers just riding all over, yeah, yeah just yeah. all over, <laughs> or pop on over to the Las Vegas set, uh, yeah, uh, Bill, you got you got to play some craps for us, please. Like he gets none of that. All he gets is the only reference you really get to him is when he's he has that ridiculous demand, which is, I want I want two people made U.S. citizens, no questions asked. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know I think the idea <laughs> is they're supposed to be his like what polyamorous Russian brides or something like yes. that's and again that is all the story we get about him. Yeah, it's 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 very bizarre. Um, so. We get that. We get the great like setup that get the the crisis meeting where they tell us that there's 18 days. Like they kind of do the math and Jason. I the, the thing is, this cast is fucking stacked. Like yeah, it is. Like even the fucking bit players are people like Jason Isaacs. And <laughs> like I know, like um, he's kind of gone on record and he kind of like slates this film a bit right it's kind of like an ongoing joke and on uh the mark like yeah komodo oh, is show. It? and he kind of like always goes on and i think it's that like the famous thing with this film and ben affleck says it on the commentary he says i asked michael bay wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts 
to drill than it is to train drill, drill like uh, oil drillers to be astronauts. I was told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I mean, if I was directing this film and he was getting paid a lot of money to be in a starring role and he asked me that question, I would also tell him to shut the fuck up. Like, Ben, sorry, sorry, Ben, do you want to be here? Okay, well, shut up then, thank you. And and it was like, this goes to like the point that it seems like a film that was being written along the way is the... <laughs> The whole like love story element between Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler was only brought to the forefront more because Titanic had done so well. Oh, really? That is interesting and makes a lot of sense. So obviously he's kind of like, you can kind of see this thing of Michael Bay with his very 90s kind of like, I don't like... Uh, uh, chin length Bob. hair yeah kind of like looking over everyone's shoulders whether it's James Cameron going like oh, what are you doing oh, I just got this image of the big sound stage with like the the, the water tank and the night sky and then, and, and a oh, poor poor freezing <laughs> Kate Winslet <laughs> Michael Bay just poking his head over the top <laughs> and Jim what are you up to <laughs> L- love story you say right get that down like um but because because the love story is weirdly prominent in a film that is ostensibly about a killer meteor like it's it's not it, it's not really a b plot it's like a it's like a a minus plot i couldn't yeah. figure out what would be between a and b but um it's you know it is it is prominent so yeah, that does uh, that's actually cleared up quite a lot of questions I had in my head about that. So <laughs> thank you. And I know that Billy Bob Thornton and Bruce Willis gave Ben Affleck uh, a bit of a hard time for it. Kind of said to him that uh, you were essentially going to be an extra if it wasn't for Titanic. So it's like what a all right, of... you bitter, bitter old men. <laughs> yeah, because I bet I bet when they got the script that it was like oh, it's the Billy Bob Thornton Bruce Willis show, and then it's like kind of. Uh, ben Affleck is comes in as the '90s heartthrob that everyone's like screaming, spooning over, is in the centre of all the posters. So, I I kind of have to get this out of the way early, just because it's like it's at the forefront of my mind, and since I've learnt this, I can't not think about it. And it is the fact that Ben Affleck was forced, and I say this, I say this with all the kind of infusion he was forced god damn it to get new teeth by michael bay to be in this film <laughs> so i had no knowledge of this at all until I... you, you and again this was a bit like the space dementia thing because you mentioned it so in passing it was like like it's common knowledge and i was like sorry hold up we just rewind a little bit what was that I, I thought it was, well, I just like, because cause obviously I, I hadn't seen this film in so long. And I'm like, I'm always, especially like, I don't know, you're always worried if you don't know stuff about Phil. And like, you don't want to like go in like, oh my God, guys, I, I just found out that Ben Affleck, like I had to get new teeth from again. And everyone's like, oh yeah, we all knew about that. It's fucking, it's 2021. That's 1998, mate. Come on. So like, I was, I, 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 now I've been telling it to people. They're going like, what? I guess I might be one of the only pe- people who's watched the watched the commentary track. I mean, that, maybe <laughs> it really stood out to me, and like 
Michael Bay is not ashamed about it. He's like, he was with my dentist Monday to Sunday, eight hours a day, like to get them done. And if you, if you look at, if you look at them, his teeth before they were like, well, they look like baby teeth. That's what Michael Bay calls them. But they just, they just look like everyday teeth, like 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 English people teeth. Yeah, they look like yeah, not not Hollywood teeth. <laughs> and that, but that is genuinely even like before learning that fact. I did think when you first see Ben Affleck in this film, I was like, for an oil driller, he's got very white teeth. Like, not to make aspersions on people who drill oil for a living, but like, no, I imagine not, it's not the like. Oral you... hygiene <laughs> isn't going to be your top priority when you're living on an oil rig in the middle of the sea, being hounded by the fucking rainbow warrior or whatever it's called mm -hmm. and being screamed at incessantly by bruce willis yeah. you know you make a good point it's not he does have very good teeth and when you when you said in passing i'm looking forward <laughs> to talking about ben affleck's teeth i was like oh and and i thought i didn't really think much of it at all i just sort of said Oh yeah, it was weird watching this again after watching after having seen Gone Girl because he's got that like really famous smile in Gone Girl that he then gets loads of shit about, um, and he does it like almost in like the second um, shot he's in he does <laughs> that like that Ben Affleck, Nick Dunn smart smile, um, and so I sort of said something about that like oh yeah no it's really bad. and you said yeah no I'm really excited to talk about him being forced to get new <laughs> teeth i was that was, it was at that point i was like okay i'm gonna need some more details on this <laughs> it's just it's just like i guess the veneers like i don't know i don't really know how how that works like i do, like i i have since been like down a weird rabbit hole of like i've been on websites where it's like comparison of like celebrities old teeth and their new teeth and it's like I feel a bit. I feel a bit dirty being on these websites. Do you know what I mean, it's a bit yeah, weird. Like, that's that's horrible clickbait stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> before before I know it, I'm on some weird foot fetish site, you know, <laughs> celebrity toes or something. It's like, <laughs> you're always one click away from being put on a list. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? what the um, Incog browsers for, mate. Just oh, a quick tip there. <laughs> that's for all your your teeth fetish browsing. Yes, oh, perfect. I've been outed, guys. <laughs> I'm, that's it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teethy. I don't know what the, what the term would be. <laughs> uh, amazing. Let's 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 move on past the weird teeth thing. Um, but that is crazy, right? That is a kind of, I don't know, a crazy Hollywood thing to do. I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess people. I mean, it it strikes me as pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you're exaggerating there. That is. I mean, it's just classic, classic, extreme Hollywood, isn't it? Like, yes. so we don't like this, so we will fix it, and you have no say. Well, it's the fact it cost twenty thousand dollars, and it's oh like, oh my god, is that that? Imagine like writing, like I guess, like when you're doing like expenditure for a film, obviously there's some poor like. So poor put like the accountants like kind of going through receipts, got like one of those visors on and an old calculator. <laughs> and an abacus. <laughs> yeah. He's like, teeth. And it's like it's like kind of going through the script, going like, there doesn't seem to be they're pretty like prosthetics or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, is this asteroid covered in teeth? 
Like, what's going on it? And then it's like, oh no, it's Ben. Ben's got new teeth. How many? How many new teeth does he have for that much money? Like that's how often... how many dollars is that per teeth? That's insane. Yeah, I I I know they are expensive. I looked at I, I looked at um I looked at getting like a, a tooth. Like uh, sounds weird when I say it like that. I looked at getting myself a tooth, not just getting a tooth. Like I went on I went on the dark web. <laughs> can I get a tooth? <laughs> can I get one of Ben's old ones, please? <laughs> <laughs> now there's a market to tap into. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, we really should move past the teeth thing. I've, I, well, I, 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 I would like I would to get... briefly. I would like to briefly go back to Jason Isaacs because yes. even though, and again, again, he's only in a couple. Actually, I was going to say he's only in a couple of scenes, but on this rewatch, I realised he's in more of the film than mm. I thought he was or, the, or than I remembered. Um, but he, I don't know why it strikes such a chord with me or like why I find it so iconic, but that little thing that he says about the firecracker in his hand, I think it's because it's just such a perfect analogy. Like it's, it's flawless. You know, if you put a firecracker on the palm of your hand, you'll burn your hand. You close your fist around it. And he says something like your wife's opening your ketchup bottles for you for the rest of your life, which is amazing. But it is like that is such a clear. I just I don't know. Apparently, I love a clear analogy, but that always really stuck with me. He gets that great zinger as well, doesn't he? When they're kind of like um, when Keith David's talking about like the president's top advisors and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's like, I wouldn't take advice from somebody who got. A C minus in astrophysics. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, get your zinger in, Jason. Well, somebody does it. say he's pretty much the smartest man on the planet. I'm like, okay, like yeah. how many men on the planet have you met? Because that's a big statement. <laughs> but then, but then we might meet the smartest man on the planet. He just happens to be a like a sex hound. pest. Yeah, a, se a sex pest. Yeah, yeah. Which, which yeah. makes me think like. Um, there is a weird shared Jerry Bruckheimer universe that, like, uh, his character from Con Air has weirdly reformed. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> another one. That's another one. <laughs> another one with an incredibly stacked cast. The yes. cast in that film. So, oh, my God. So one of the things I didn't, like, I kind of forgot about this film is it's really, really funny. Like, and I think that comes from... So yeah, let's talk about the team. Um, the so at the head of the pack, you've got Harry Stamper, who is, <laughs> as we've mentioned, Bruce Willis, his daughter Grace, who kind of has been raised by this ragtag, almost seven dwarfs style. <coughs> she is the Snow White to the seven dwarfs, she, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Um, you have Bear, played by the fantastic late great. Uh, Ian Michael Duncan, Rock Hound, as, we, as we've mentioned, Steve Buscemi. We have Max, who is, uh, the actor's name escapes me right now, but his first credit is, he is the, like, renter Santa from Home Alone 1. No way. That's an amazing first credit. Yeah, you know the guy. You know the guy I'm talking about. The one who's like, yeah, of he's course. like smoking a ciggy by his yeah. car. That is that. That is Max from this film. Like, uh, 
which makes oh, I me love think because he uh, hasn't been like he hasn't been in a lot else because like there are so many recognizable people like Will Patton and mm. um yeah obviously Owen Wilson and that but yeah he hasn't had much of a follow-up career has he Max yeah so uh he's like but what made me think Home Alone is what 88 89 yeah the years were not kind to like ju- just in the fact like that's ten, like it's eight 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 like nine or ten years mm-hmm. and it's like i i can't i can't really say much because i think in 10 years like my hair went as much as 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 as, as his does but i was just like when when i when i read that he was the guy from uh home alone it absolutely blue my blue yeah mind. i mean <laughs> yeah that's that's quite a transformation i have i have an amazing like soft spot for that character as well like he kind of like just because like i don't know in that film he's like the way he goes along with uh kevin like when he says to him like uh yeah you just i know i i, I know the truth i know you work for him and he's like yeah yeah kid and like and he, he he gives him the gesture of giving him some tic tacs like oh, that's all yeah. he's got <laughs> Um, I know he's like he is isn't he he's like a sort of uh he's he's not a bad Santa he may be smoking out the back of the department (laughs) store or wherever but um he's you know he's obviously in it for the kids (laughs) so let's continue the gang as we we got the stuck up on Steve Buscemi oh we got Max yeah Steve Buscemi as rock hound uh Oscar is played by Owen Wilson Mm-hmm. Bill Patton doing a fantastic voice in this film. I love, I love Bill Patton's like kind of like, I'm just gonna talk quietly. Like, yeah, you don't have to tell him who it's from, but, but I'd like it. I'd like you to give him this. Like, uh, I don't know why I quoted that line because like that scene makes me cry every time. <laughs> um, that's because it's heartbreaking yes. and beautiful and slightly perfect. Like. Oh God, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't. It's too much. And then, as you mentioned, AJ played by Ben Affleck and <laughs> Noonan. Uh, like literally, I was looking down the cast list. <laughs> film. Couldn't, couldn't find him. Couldn't find him listed. And I was like, what is going? Like, what is genuinely going on in this film? That like, that is how much Michael Bay doesn't care about this character. In that, like, yeah, he's. Not like oh there you go Noonan so Clark Heath Brolly do apologise uh, Clark for for leaving you out but I think Michael did you a bit of a disservice first of all um, yeah so when when Harry gets the news obviously he gets the the news that the world is going to end <coughs> in eighteen days I don't I've like the kind of sense of time really goes out of the window I I would like to. <laughs> spend a small amount of time on this please because the time keeping in this film is all over the shop so i've i've actually noted a couple of questions bear with me yeah um if i can find them i've got i've got so many well of course i've got so many notes this this film's like nine <laughs> hours long um so how long is it from them finding out, from NASA finding out, Carl and NASA finding out about the um, meteor before they go and tell Bruce Willis 
what before they go and like to pick him up in the helicopter and also did they have the big drill that they can't build pre-meteor or did they do that post-meteor but pre-bruce willis they, is my first question they 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 do clear that up in the film they say that the drill was for like a mars project that they like is like now it's not for mars it's for it's 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 for the meteor dotty. obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. For dotty. it's for dotty <laughs> yeah, respect. pour one out for dotty um yeah <laughs> okay mother, all right Okay, because, yeah. yeah. I don't kind of get the time jump when it's like, so they're all on the oil rig. They've struck oil. Like, they're the kind of, the people, like the the investors are there. NASA come and pick pick uh, Harry and Grace up. He's just, he's just fired AJ for yes. doing the big explosion in front of the potential Asian investors. Well, and, and sleeping with his daughter more so. And sleeping with his daughter. Um, but, like, final straw is the big explosion. And he's fired him. And I know what you're going to say, because Harry and Grace fly off in the helicopter to NASA. They have an extremely brief conversation about what needs to happen. And Harry agrees to do the job, but he can't do it with the NASA guys. He has to have his team. And then they go and get Ben Affleck, who has already opened his own drilling company. Well, it's, it's that and the fact that, like, how long have they not been on the oil rig for yeah like, exactly like, well long enough for ben affleck to have opened his own drilling company for starters yeah so he's opened the drilling co- like, and everyone's kind of gone their separate way so i'm kind of thinking like really boringly here that, like you've you've got to get a boat off of the, you've got to get a boat off of there right or like there's kind of like they probably charter a boat to come pick you up once the job's done or I'm not sure, like, they're really getting, are they getting helicopter? I don't know. They probably are getting helicopters, but, like, it seems convenient that that is when their job ended. So they've all gone their separate <laughs> yeah, ways. They've scattered. Yeah, so, like, if, if it had gone, like, we need to get the gang back together, like, I guess it doesn't make for a cinematic scene where it's, like, Bruce Willis calling the, 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 the oil rig and going, Hey guys, uh, get up the gang! Like we're coming to get you. It's like, well, they're they're like all at the bus station together. Yeah, like, or, or like they would have. I, I I just think they would have still been there because it's all like it's. I don't. Maybe we are picking part of the, like picking. No, but, up, but I like, think it doesn't it, make sense. But it doesn't. It genuinely doesn't make sense. <laughs> it genuinely doesn't. I've always. It's the AJ thing that's always really confused me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that thing that, yeah, it's just like they've all just gone their separate ways. But it does make for just a great, like, let's get the team together. And yeah. Harry Stamper. Terrible, terrible cover version of the Beatles come together. Mm-hmm. Bruce. Do you know who? No. Who, do you know who it's Bob? No, I No, I don't know. I was, I was asking you a question. I thought <laughs> for a moment you were going to say it was Bruce Willis then because you, he's got a bit of a music thing, isn't he? It could be. It, I would love that if that was true. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want Bruce Willis to do a cover of uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Like, yeah. Uh, that, that, that would make this great. Uh, but, like, ha- yeah, Harry gets that great line when, like, he agrees that they're gonna like get the get like they're gonna go up and he says like six billion people on the planet why'd you guys call me and like he's like he says that at one point and then like when he decides he's going up again like when he makes that decision he's talking to grace about it 
that's the first time I went up in this film. Oh. I, 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 th- I think now, because it's that thing like, you know what's going to happen. It's like, oh, well, 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 you, why are you going to like it? And then, yeah, like we'll get to the other points. Uh, I, I well up. Is this? Are you? Are you? Are you a crier? Does, does this film make you um, cry? Okay. I have lost count of how many times <laughs> I've seen this film over the years, but it has probably only been in the last two or three times that I have managed to hold it together <laughs> at the "Daddy No" bit when mm. she she like puts her hand up against the screen. In the cinema, when I saw this the first time, I was inconsolable, like, like soul racking sobs of, you know, just it's it's such a good scene. Like, I think the reason it's so emotional is because those two play it so well. It's like the most depressing Zoom call of all time. (laughs) I feel I feel much more connected to it now that we've all been like doing this shit for a year. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, yes, I am a crier and it this film has always got me which is ridiculous because it's this stupid fucking like over the top cranked up to 12 yeah like super ridiculous like over the top thing but it really gets you in the feels so now we have the team assembled and they're all ready to get on with things this is when we get that scene we mentioned earlier about them with their list of demands do you have any uh, favorite demands that they throw out I really like I really like Bear's request to stay in I think it's the Lincoln suite at the White Horse no White (laughs) House White House Uh, and then and you're like okay no that seems like extravagant but reasonable and then he just says for the summer (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah mate if you're going to ask fucking ask Um, I also really like um, the eight track tapes Yes. And I'm just a huge, huge fan of not wanting to pay any taxes ever. Apparently that was a big one for Bruce Willis because like, he's a big Republican. Like, mm. like he said, like, oh, yeah, he, he like really got hit out of that. But like that, um, those demands were just, were actually just written on, they got the actors to write like different I love, demands yeah, on the paper. That is and great, I just love that. Yeah, and, like, that is great. That like, that just makes me think as well, like, what was the script for this film? Like, like <laughs> Michael Bay is kind of like, he says like he just has the film in his head a lot of the time. And like a lot of this is visual. So it does feel like the kind of the spoken word is just kind of up for game. Like, do you know what I mean? It's on the take, do what you, it's more like do what you want. And they, yeah, he saw Owen Wilson in Bottle Rocket and went, which is weird. I can't think of Michael Bay watching a Wes Anderson film. No, no, I can't. If <laughs> like the, he was probably doing it to try and like shag somebody. <laughs> he probably he probably found himself in a bar and this girl said like something about liking Wes Anderson. And so he was like, oh, yeah, me too. I'm a big <laughs> fan. What's your favorite? And she was like, oh, like bottle rocket and he was like oh yeah i love that too um and then immediately had to go and like watch it just so he could get in her pants like i feel like the story's got to be something like that because there's no way that he's choosing that just on like a saturday evening for something to watch yeah it's it's, it's a it's a it's a very bizarre like like i'm so glad because like 
don't know. It depends on how people look at Owen Wilson's career post Armageddon. He's either to thank or to blame. Because obviously, like, he could have kind of, like, I don't know, stayed. Because obviously he has that weird, like, two feet in two genres. He's like, does, like, you kind of... Like, bro comedy. Bro comedy and does, like, family films or, like, kind of... Yeah, like and, Marley and Me and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's kind of like he is like Wes Anderson's like right hand man a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, like, like really sort of arty indie stuff. Yeah, it's true. It is true actually. And the, um, yeah, it's just for like a one two punch of a career. It's like bottle rocket, Armageddon. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're really setting out your stool of like my career can fucking go anywhere from here, guys. I, like, I can it? do anything, guys. Yeah, yeah, anything. It's, it's a real roll of the dice. Um, <laughs> which like again. We keep talking about how stacked this cast is and we get this amazing scene where it's just like, again, you could tell it's totally improvised. It's the like medical. Oh, this, the, the, I think this is my favourite bit of the film. And Max's line where he's like, uh, he he says to the guys like, you eject me with that. I'm going to shove it straight in your heart. He's like, you seen that movie Pulp Fiction? And like, just the kind of like, You've got the nurse, like, is she humming like the national The nurse act? is one of my favourites. When he says, hey, lady, I'm just here to drill. And she goes, so am I. <laughs> like... <laughs> and Bear, like, stripping off and, like, doing his little dance on top of the bed. Um, it's like, oh, my God, uh, Rock Hound with the Rorschach test. It's all boobs to him because he's yeah. a sex test. Um, and that's where you find out that he's like this crazy genius because he basically like starts listing off all of his qualifications and yeah. stuff, right? Well, and then you like you get that brilliant thing from like uh, Bill Patton where he's like he's just like sketching out and he's like because and the thing is the psychiatrist as well is the fucking like cinema legend Udo Kier. Yes, <laughs> it's like you're like no Suspiria. <laughs> Armageddon it's like kind of like you know how when you sent me the really long list yeah. of all of the films and I'm scrolling down yeah 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 could do fuck Armageddon don't know why that's on here but even if it's a fluke I'm saying yeah <laughs> same thing with the IMDB cast list for this film you're going down and you're like oh yeah Bruce Willis yeah Liv Tyler yeah um, Billy Bob Thornton yeah oh you know it's interesting to see Jason I Udo Kia yeah. what like and so Michael Bay knew him from like a uh, a commercial. Like I couldn't find out what ad like what it was a commercial for, but like I don't I, I can't imagine what who would hire Udo Kier to advertise something for them. Just these kind of piercing eyes, like <laughs> buy frosted flakes, like, like, like almost like threaten you into doing it. Like, <laughs> um, but he's great. Yeah, the, the the way like Bill Patton is, where he's like kind of like. I'm I, I'm I'm fine with what's going on up there. It's like it's just in here, and that you've got Bear just like breaking down. You've yeah, like sobbing. AJ, everything to do with Harry. He's like when he's going through the Rorschach test. Like is Harry disappointed with me? Is Harry saying I'll never amount to anything? And it's just this is Harry saying I can never marry his daughter. Yeah, it's just like all of that stuff is is fantastic, and it's. Like I would, I much. This is this is my kind of montage. Like I like a training montage as much as the next girl. All right, I've seen Rocky Four, but 
if you've got a montage like this where you're getting those amazing like juicy insights into each of their characters and stuff like it's such a it's such an economical way to do it yeah um it's it's and it's like it's hilarious as well Mm -hmm. like going back to your point earlier about how funny this film is like i am cackling through this it's so good i just love the way that it kind of yeah it sets already like it gives you that further insight but it also like i don't know it play yeah it plays it like it's something out of like a kind of sports you can imagine this in like I don't know, like the water boy or something like that, where it's kind of like everyone's just having hijinks and stuff. And it gives you that sense of weird family that they've created yeah. for themselves out on that oil rig. And, yeah, um, 100%. But then, like, after that is when the film, like, gets its, like, I don't know, gets serious. And it's just more montages, right? So them then training for, like, the next, I don't know, 20, 30. Like, I say that. I looked at the clock when, like, when the shuttle goes up, and I was like, mm. "It's an hour in," and that's when I was like, "He is not wasting time, like, with this." And I just kept thinking back to Avengers Endgame, going like, "I'm pretty sure it's like an hour and a half before you even like start to get the gang back." Together. <laughs> it's an, it's an mean, hour at least. Michael Bay had like six opening scenes to this film and still it's like an hour and the shuttle's taken off it's amazing stuff like yeah the amount that he just like crammed into it is insane uh, so I, I guess the key scene we should talk about is what was it um the what well, the proposal of aj to uh, um grace right. in inside again like it can't just be like a nice room it has to have like some bombast inside. I mean, he life. hasn't just—he hasn't just taken her to Nando's, has he? <laughs> he has—he has proposed to her in the what, like, engine of a space shuttle. Yeah, I think so. That is the sort of shit nowadays would be filmed for TikTok and go viral. It's—it's <laughs> it's almost like these like over-the-top gender reveal parties that are all the rage at the mm. moment. You know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that is um, that is a flex. For sure. But then you get that weird thing of like Harry, like what like watching them, them watching them like yeah, hash. The noodle. Yeah, watching Yeah, them. it's weird. It's, it's weird. Especially through that kind of like broken sheet as well. It's like that kind of like plastic sheeting. He's kind of look he it looks like John it's very Yeah, it's very like, serial killer, isn't it? It's like John Lovitz in The Wedding Singer when he kind of <laughs> looks out from behind that curtain. That's a, oh, a, mate, a, what a <laughs> fucking reference. He's losing his mind and I'm going to reap all the benefits. That is something that lives rent free in my mind forever. And I don't think that's. I, re- I love that film more than I love some members of my family. <laughs> I uh this is when this podcast falls apart and becomes the uh wedding singer appreciation <laughs> podcast guys. I'm uh, I'm not mad about that. That's no, fine. That's no, fine. I could talk about that for absolute <laughs> days. Um so we get the proposal but then like I guess probably more important for the the plot of this film is what I would call like AJ hot dogging just because that is what Harry calls it when he's they're in that like big swimming pool and he's like got to drill down like and they're, they're doing the simulation of what it'd be like to drill and they're going like it's gonna burst it's gonna burst. and everyone's like going like wild for it and 
what is it? It's like Chekhov's Chekhov's argument, right? They're like. Like, oh yeah, this is this is very like you know we were talking earlier about like planting seeds and pay off yeah. later. This is very much that, isn't it? And because you're you're supposed to think all the time that like AJ's this kind of um, arrogant, like he's full of like he's he's acting out of hubris and mm. and he's this sort of cocksure guy. Um, but and the computer, <laughs> the computers are saying like no you've broken the thing and it's not going to work and he's like you know that you know that this would work it's the computers and stuff it's like humans over machines and all of this it's like oh it's so deep um and then you've got the problem with nasa are now becoming like um like doubtful about the team's cohesion about aj's um like suitability for going into the space yeah. to drill into dotty the enormous killer <laughs> meteor you know, there's it's a lot, man. Yeah, we, and we haven't even talked about the fact that, like, the head of the kind of NASA team, like the astronauts, is William Fickner as well. Who, yeah. like, again, is another person you're just like, it's it's a lot of like, I, I would say that guy's, but like, I know William Fickner's name, but like, for like, kind of most people, they'll be like, I know that guy from stuff. I don't yes. like, and th- like, a lot. So I think my key touch point is the film Go. For me, uh, just because of my uh, Nicolas Cage obsession, is is Drive Angry, weirdly, for William Fickner. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. There is something else in my mind. He's got one of those faces that, like, it's kind of like, I know, even if, like, you can't remember what he's from, it's like, I know who that guy is. I think he least. also looks like another couple of people. So I think, like, sometimes <laughs> I sort of conflate some of his roles. Hold on, what's his name? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick because I have to know now. It's William um, Fick. It's pronounced Fickner, but it's like F I T <laughs> H. Oh no, C H. Where am I? Come oh. on, there are too many consonants in this name. William. Uh, why isn't he high on the? I've got him. Um, he's in he's in Crash, Black Hawk. Oh, he, that's right. He's in Crash. Do you know what? I don't think he's in Go, which is that film that I apparently <laughs> know this guy from. Who's the guy in Go that William Fickner looks identical to? I've I've never seen Go. So I can, uh, oh, do dark, yourself a favor. It's excellent. The Dark Knight as well. He's the bank manager at the beginning. So well, of course he is. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so if 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 you guys at home are worried, like, <laughs> oh no, he is in it. It's fine. I've confirmed it. I'm, yes. I'm, vindication. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, great, 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 great. I can I can move on now. Sorry. No worries. Yeah. So we, but I I, re- I read that scene as when like Harry tells him off. It's like it's him knowing that AJ's right and he's kind of just like showing face for NASA because he's like if I don't tell you off they are going to like just take you off of the mission anyway yeah yeah Uh, yeah he's almost doing AJ a favor so I right full disclosure I'm not a big Ben Affleck fan at all I don't rate him (laughs) um but 
So I always kind of thought, I've always seen AJ as like the bad guy in the, like historically, like he's, you know, he is, he's this arrogant little prick, right? But on this watch, on this watch, and maybe it's because I've matured slightly, maybe it's because I've had a bit more context about Bruce Willis and I just can't see him the same way I used to. Um, I was much more sympathetic to AJ and much less sympathetic to Harry in terms of their interactions. I think Harry is very needlessly harsh on AJ. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like a total dick to him throughout the entire film. Like really quite like mean, like mean spirited dick. And like after the proposal, he's like, I know he's sort of saying it out of, um, you know, I never wanted my daughter to marry a man like me or whatever. But he's like really kind of focusing it on like how AJ isn't good enough for her. And then at the end of the film, he's like, he's like, I've always thought of you as a son, AJ. It's like, well, you've hid it very well <laughs> because this is literally the first sign of any of that. It is bizarre, isn't it? And it's this thing of like, I don't know. It's, it definitely is a film that gets to have its cake and eat it because it gets like, you need all that tension between Harry and AJ for the film to work. But then at, at the end, you can kind of go like, well, I've loved you. And it like, it, it, it gives it gives Harry that amazing like speech to kind of like tell everyone who's left how he feels. But let's, yeah, let's quickly, well, I say quickly, it's a, we're talking about a two and a half hour long film. Let's hope that the podcast isn't that long. Um, <laughs> so we get to um, their last night on earth, as it could be, <laughs> where they all like wander off and do their own stuff. I like, there's a thing, I, I, like like we've kind of been saying, that it, it sets up stuff and like makes you care about people, which on like a kind of repeat viewing, it's like, ah, oh, now I know why you're doing that. Because you get that like mm-hmm. nice scene of, Oscar praying like uh, at the at the altar and stuff like that, and like that's one of the things he wanted to do, and kind of goes, I've I've got to say, I love Owen Wilson in this film. He's like, yeah, he's he is a real standout. He's just so like um, vibrant, and like he's just got like such like this enthusiasm, and it's almost like his enthusiasm. You can imagine like that enthusiasm is probably Owen Wilson's as much as it is Oscar's, because it's like. I've been out in like rinky dink, uh, nowhere like Texas, making films with my friends, and now like I'm fucking now look at me, mate. I'm at I'm in NASA. I'm an astronaut. Yeah, like a lot. And I'm in I'm in sexy NASA as well, (laughs) not shitty NASA, not beige NASA. I'm in sexy NASA. So no, you're so right. Like he's he's got such a lovely way about him in this film, and like even. Just the way that he delivers his lines, like there's the one, one of my favorite bits is when he says to, um, I think it is the commander, um, like, what are we, what's it going to be like when we get up there? And then oh, it might be Billy Bob, actually. And he sort of says, oh, well, it's going to be icy. And when the sun's on it, it's going to be 50 degrees. And when the sun's not on it, it's going to be minus 50 degrees. And there's going to be ice and fire and demons and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and um Oscar's reaction is he just says um oh okay so the most terrifying environment imaginable and then he like repeats it and it's just like the way that Owen Wilson delivers some of those lines like he's he's such an interesting character he's like he's sort of you can kind of imagine that he's into like crystals and stuff you know but at the same time he's like a fucking badass driller man 
it's his delivery as well when he's getting strapped into the uh, <laughs> space shuttle and he's going like, I'm like 98% excited, 2% scared. Or is it is it 98% scared, 2% scared? Either way, it's one of those feelings. And he kind of just like rambles on. It's like that kind of thing of like a kid who's like, yeah, he's on holiday for the first time, and it's just like it's. He's just like he's excited. He's got like that verbal diarrhea thing, and the thing about them strapping him in, him in he says like, "Cause I don't want to fall out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can you do it like can you can you do it tight like 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 real tight like cut off circulation tight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and that line with him and Ben Affleck when he's like, like "What what Star Wars character?" And he's like, "Chewy, have you even seen Star seen Wars?" Star Wars, yeah, amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Which so, weirdly so is one of two Star Wars references in this film. So I do think that JJ Abrams was looking for a job, everybody. Yeah. His, he, his... he was he was like manifesting. You know how nowadays people do it by on Twitter making those little circles of candles in the yes. with the with the emojis, candle emojis. Mm-hmm. That's how people manifest things nowadays. In the old days, in the late nineties. They used to write things into the scripts of their films. <laughs> little little Hollywood uh, insider knowledge there for you. Perfect. So uh, from the final night, is there any kind of like scenes that you feel like we really should talk about? Hmm. Just scrolling down my notes. Maybe. Well, um, well, yeah, yes. The obviously. animal crackers? Because this is the animal crackers <laughs> scene. Yes, obviously. So what we get is a fucking wide panoramic, wide panoramic shot at golden hour with a truck and like some nice sort of gently browning grass and um, a whole thing about animal crackers and um, Ben Affleck pretending to be an Australian wildlife presenter mm-hmm. and then like putting snacks into Liv Tyler's knickers, which is a bit weird. Um, Then Liv Tyler says the most ridiculous thing that anybody in the history of humanity has said, because what these two people are doing is very sweet, but it's very odd. So they are talking about animal crackers and boobs and all of that kind of thing. And Liv Tyler says, do you think it's possible that anyone else in the world is doing this very same thing at this very same moment? And I'm like, no, babe, no, there is literally no chance of that. I don't care how many people there are in the world. No one else is doing fucking safaris on their tits with animal crackers. <laughs> the Venn diagram does not does not line up. Oh. No, no. <laughs> but Ben, ben Affleck um, being a very good boyfriend, um, he he he's like, yes, of course. Because otherwise, what are we trying to say? Which is a nice sentiment. Yeah, which is a great like tug. It's, it definitely is one of those like manipulative like tightening of the oh, screw. Oh yeah. It? Oh yeah. But I think like the scene that really like gets me, and I've alluded to it earlier, is oh. Chick when he sees his ex-wife, uh, yeah, his ex-partner, and his son, and it's it's like. Personally, for me, as somebody who has a yeah, I, I have a son, and like I'm not with his mum, and it's like that thing of like, I'm maybe like two bad decisions away from being like maybe in Chick's position. Not in any way to feel sorry for me, but it's like I can de- like he's he's definitely the character I relate to, and I'm not now. It's like, oh great, Hollywood giving me like 
expectations I can't like, do you know what I mean? Like I can't live up to. I've got to go into space and, <laughs> and save the world to be able to like get some like semblance of normality in a relationship that's meaningful. Great guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a therapist and we haven't known each other very long, but I think you might be putting a little bit too much pressure on yourself, mate. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm totally... Totally this the, this scene is so beautiful because it's so quiet. Like mm -hmm. you think about how fucking mental the rest of this film has been till this point. And it's just, it's so quiet and like still. And as you said earlier, like Bill Patton is um, speaking in, you know, such a, he does, he speaks in this very sort of low, quiet voice. And like, she's not angry, but she's just sort of very, direct and you know the kid doesn't recognize him and then he's she, like he's a salesman and then he leaves the little the little shuttle oh, and like yeah. that's it but then you do mate don't you you get the payoff because he sees him on tv yeah it's like, and he's not a salesman he's your daddy that line like again my notes here say well I, i've quoted that exact line and said yep i'm crying like, yeah. like it's like is it, no. is it just a line of 20 cry emojis yeah that yeah yeah well it's like the thing as well it's like you have made me cry with the setup and you've made me cry with the payoff my with the pay yeah, yeah you fuckers like you've got me <laughs> twice <laughs> and that's what makes it so like crazy for like rewatch and it is the thing watching this so i can't remember yeah i said this off mic i've watched this three times in a week <laughs> In some fucking madman um and i probably there's two commentary tracks on this dvd so i would have watched it a fourth time but i didn't i like i, I, I didn't have time to essentially which i should have listened to that one as well because it's actually with nasa and john schwartzman is on that track. So oh that, my god that's the one <laughs> but um uh, yeah, I'm trying to think where, where the fuck I was uh, going. Well, oh, sorry. I thought you were no. going to say where we are in the film, but you were like, yeah. Yeah, no, where I was going with that point and where we are in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... well, Ch Chick and his son have just made you cry. Yes. Um, all of the rest of them <laughs> have been hanging out with strippers and getting arrested, which I'm not going to lie. That would be my last night on Earth. <laughs> Fuck visiting family. Let's get shit faced. So, um, and then we get East Asia. <laughs> yes, which is hand, handled so and again so manipulative because it's just loads of close-ups of beautiful East Asian children, like with their adorable, like chubby cheeks and their big eyes. Like it is so on the nose. But you just get all these close-ups of their beautiful little faces, and then they are obliterated. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I mentioned earlier that Michael Bay, they had that setup. It was in the budget from day one that they had that setup, and they went, "I don't know what to do with it. Let's just blow it up." <laughs> and it's like fucking, and like it is that thing, isn't it? It's like I don't know. I'm not trying to give the film any slack here. But it's that thing. I know they're trying to show that it is like a worldwide tragedy. Yeah. Like, but yeah. it's like, it, I find it like, but at the same time, it's very bizarre that like 
the crew is like they're supposed to be the best crew for oil drillers in the world. How do they happen to be American? All all American. All American. Predom- like, do you know what I mean? Predominantly white crew. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> like absolutely. The- and like, so we were talking earlier about how they sort of do this setup with some characters and then they never, like, we never check back in with Carl and Dottie to check that they're okay, mm-hmm. essentially. I'm, I'll never get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get scenes like this. So, like, you get Paris later, um, you get, I think, like, Shanghai now and it's literally just like a pan across some chubby children's faces and then everything explodes and if you can get the Eiffel Tower in the shot then bonus um but like I think about something which has quite a similar device but I personally think does it better is Independence Day where you actually like check in with um kind of like armed forces on the ground in other parts of the world and you like you don't get a huge insight into um the the kind of other countries I think a lot of it is sort of panning across the Taj Mahal and stuff but you do get more check-in with those sorts of ancillary characters and a little bit more kind of involvement from people from other places that aren't just Americans um so yeah I think I mean, like like you say, I understand why he, why he's done it because you need to show it's a global issue. But um, like you've got two and a half hours to play with, yeah. mate. Maybe give them a little bit more time. Well, it's that thing as well that like um, there's even a line in this film when the cat is out of the bag that like there is this asteroid once the Shanghai like uh, asteroid hits. They and and they're kind of gearing up. To, to go into space they say like this is a program that is like first time that nasa has worked with like the the Ru- the russians and like japan and stuff like that it's like where where like how are they working yeah like, well, yes <laughs> like, where are these people like, yeah. fine, we'll meet we'll meet a russian like one russian guy russian she says um <laughs> guy later what? um but, but but you know like so Okay, I'm not a huge fan of this film, and uh, now I'm even, I've started saying it, I'm not sure it's true, so you might want to fact check check (laughs) me and maybe edit this bit out, but there's there's Cloverfield in space, I can't even remember what the proper name is, Paradox, and you've got people up there who have got, like, you you see their, like, flags on their arms, don't you, like, you get, like, a a Union Jack and a French flag and, and all of that kind of thing, um, and like it's the same thing with the drillers like you've you are literally the best drillers in the world and you haven't got one person from any other country where there are definitely oil rigs like you know the north sea exists right yeah well, it's, <laughs> it's um yeah the fact that, that there's no one there with one scottish accent i find bizarre that's all i'm saying <laughs> it would have been great if um if it was uh essentially the kind of closest thing, like British, I could think of is like imagine like Alvida Zane Pet go like being the guys you have to send to space to do something. That's like that's <laughs> that's essentially what this is. And like <laughs> e- e- even Alvida Zane Pet that came out years earlier is a lot more like kind of uh, yeah. From what I remember is, is it no, the later series is more ethnically diverse. Maybe not the uh, yeah yeah uh, well, well uh, yeah but like. 
Look, regardless, it's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we get to, well, yeah, a moment I really want to talk about is when they're at the uh, Apollo One site and Harry and Grace have that conversation, which is like, if you've seen this, if like you spot it on repeat viewings, but like if if you're a keen-eyed first watcher of this, it kind of like, it lets you know what is coming at the end of this film. Oh, oh he's going to die. Oh, he's not coming <laughs> back from space. There's no way. There is no way that she speaks a line like, I lied to you too. I said I didn't want to be like you. I am like you. And then they're going to continue to have a healthy father-daughter relationship. Like, that just isn't happening. And, and the pan as well to, like, the plaque. Like, <laughs> for, the, for the men who, like, gave The memorial yeah. plaque. And it's like, I know. He, he gonna die. <laughs> and then, but then, like, what this film brilliantly does, it kind of gives you these, like, heartbreaking or, like, emotionally manipulative moments. And then undercuts them with scenes that can go... Either way, and like you could either fucking hate them or love them. What are your thoughts on the whole gang singing I'm leaving on a jet plane? I'm a cynical woman <laughs> and I don't love um public displays of emotion. Um, but I fucking love this, mate. I love it. <laughs> it's it's amazing, isn't it? When they yeah. all join in. The the only thing that kind of gets to me, and to be honest, I should I should praise them for it because it would be weird if they started singing they were all like a boy band and like perfectly on pitch. But <laughs> there are some weird fucking key changes. Yeah, they're all singing out of key, and that that like you share sentiments with Bruce Willis. He says that, and I think that is his kind of like. I would have loved it if he came in because obviously Bruce Willis, as we know, like can sing. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine just Bruce Willis. I, I try to think what his singing voice would be like. I'd be like, leaving on. I imagine him just like, just essentially try and sound like Springsteen. Like, that's oh, yeah. kind of yeah. his vibe. And then, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen footage of Bruce Willis playing a harmonica as well. So I could just press like, I can't, I can't whistle apparently anymore. But, like, yeah, you can imagine him like doing the, the tune on a harmonica. Just out, uh, all of a Just pulls it out of the breast pocket of yeah. his astronaut suit. So, so just brought, brought this along for uh, quiet evenings in space. What do you think of these suits as well? Like these kind of like purpose built suits for the film, like the actual deep the space suits. suits. No, the like the kind of weird textured gray suits they wear like oh. in space i don't have any opinion no. on them at all no 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 just like on a kind of aesthetic level whether they're like like they look cool i'm not sure if you're like a sci-fi fan if they look like i think they look much better well, than, than like the I white am, suits i am a sci-fi fan and also i'm quite, it surprises me that i haven't noticed the outfits because i'm usually <laughs> very on like the films, you know, costumes and, and fashions and things. Um, I just, I can't, I think I maybe assumed that they were just what astronauts wore. So, yeah, don't have a huge opinion, no. but I'm sure, I mean, like, everybody does look really fucking cool, so. Yeah, because even, like, the helmets look like, cause obviously, like, when you think of, like, astronaut, astronaut, like, real-life astronauts, there's, like, those bulky white suits. These are a lot more, like, 
slim fitting and like even the like domes themselves are like I don't they look weirdly old at the same time new because they're like they don't look perfectly spherical they almost look like light bulb like and they kind of look mm. they they almost look something like quite alien about like the the design of the costumes they wear in space and it's like I'm going to have to go back and check this yeah, out no worries uh you can you can as well um they did action figures along with the film. <gasps> I'm sorry. Yeah, there is there's action figures and that you can even buy the armadillo, which is like the, the the drilling device. And that is the reason, the reason the armadillo has guns on it <laughs> yeah. is because Hot Wheels told Michael Bay that toys with guns on them sell better. So Michael Bay put it in the film, and obviously, okay. As as you were saying that, <laughs> my brain, my brain did two things. So as you said, Hot Wheels, my brain went Hot Wheels, wheeling <laughs> away. And then you said the thing about the guns and the toy companies, and my brain automatically went to Edward Furlong in Terminator Two when he says, "We're not going to make it, are we? People, I mean." <laughs> and they, when the two little kids are fighting with like real guns in the desert um yeah now i basically make up 95 percent of any conversation with quoting adverts and films i don't know if you've noticed that but uh... <laughs> perfect so once they get into space um yeah my, my notes say i love i love owen wilson i think it's because i know what's coming um but Let's. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, the, 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 the Russian. I the, think the Russian guy the who is also a Russian guy <laughs> in um, Minority Report. I want to say, and Hit. also a Russian guy in Bad Boys Two and Prison Break as well. <laughs> he like so yeah. Hollywood's go to Russian. Peter mm -hmm, Stromer, mm -hmm. who I think is possibly the MVP of this film, and oh, and any film he turns up, fucking in. hands <laughs> down. Yes, I am. I am a, a team Lev all the way. I I, I love him. I, like I love his incompetent. Like it's just obviously put in the script that he's incompetent because it like it helps bring some tension to the film. Do you know what I mean? And, like, and also he's Russian and American people hate the Russians, so he has to be. And they like, they again, they're always just giving you exposition because they're going like, uh, I think it's Billy Bob Thornton's like over the radio going like, that thing's been up there for 11 years. Like most of us have got car, cars, cars aren't even that old. And it's like, he's been up there for 18 months. So he's probably going to be a bit crazy. And then you kind of, you meet him and he is like, he's exactly. And he's like fucking bonkers. Yeah, exactly. He's just been going crazy on this, um, like space station all on his own. Um, and like, he's got, he's got like photos of his dad up and stuff or no it's not his dad is it it's like a like a russian hero like a, and, the first cosmonaut or something and his uncle as well i think oh it says, is and it is okay yeah. yeah i thought they were related um and like the whole thing he's like don't touch anything and then he gets aj to go down the hole and like with the lever breaking and he's like pull the lever and he's like this is the lever and then as he does that the camera goes from close up on um Ben Affleck and the lever that's now broken in his hand and immediately just 
like zooms out back up the shoe and then like immediately into like a wide shot of the room of like all these people looking a bit scared like that is possibly and I would have said that is possibly the most Michael Bay shot I've ever seen but now I know it's probably John Schwartzman <laughs> well all the stuff on that like on that space station is great I, I, I love this whole sequence just because it's, it's really like... it's it's scary like I hate I hate people trapped behind doors when there's mm -hmm. fire like that is really really scary and like I remember the first time I saw this like, I was a hundred percent convinced that AJ and Lev weren't getting off that space station because they make you believe it and it feels like purposely like disorientating even though you get the mm. kind of like um like a diagram of what the space station looks like and you get the pinpoints of where everyone is you kind of still don't know exactly like because they're just like yeah dots on a map you're like yeah who is actually where and like like what corridor leads to where and i i, I like i like that kind of stuff i like it's kind of it kind of harkens back to alien again in that kind of thing i, like, I was literally about to say alien yeah definitely and like they they seem to I'm not sure if I'm imagining this, whether my brain's kind of superimposed this, but I feel like there's a lot of like spinning camera stuff, which is always really disorienting as well. Like, obviously, you know, things in space, if they start spinning, like I don't think they stop spinning or something like something to do with, you know, there not being any atmosphere and gravity and all that sort of shit. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But um, like, I feel like they kind of use that in the camera work. And it is like it's this bit is proper, like heart in your mouth stuff. Yeah. And it's that thing of um, he got yeah Michael Bay got everyone to like as as much as they could do their own stunts and like mm. Ben Affleck at this point kind of felt like he had something to prove and was like yeah I'm really I'm really up for it. I'm really like really up for doing my own stunts and then he said like when he was climbing up that ladder and that like fireball comes up behind him that was the moment he went yeah no we'll get a stunt guy in like if we can <laughs> and there's that moment as well like it's that thing when you start to like look at things like from a filmmaking perspective like that like when that door shoots off that is peter stromer and ben affleck and it's like if they didn't do it in time they they would have got hit by that even though like i don't know it, it wouldn't be metal but do you know what i mean they're still gonna still gonna knock yeah it's still going at a pace that could have knocked out his brand new teeth <laughs> <laughs> i mean you would have thought that after the money they spent on that they would have been a bit more careful. Stunt man, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love like I want to go back to saying I love Peter Stromer. Like I think like he's just like he's underutilized in this film, but at the same time, like every moment he's on screen, he is absolute fucking gold. Yeah, absolute gold. Um, so let's barrel on with the with the plot they go well they manage to escape they go around the they go around the moon and like apparently <laughs> apparently people like some people believe that to actually be a thing you can like springboard around planets other people are like that's total horseshit but like <laughs> it, <laughs> make, it, it makes the thoughts for, for some like uh yeah for 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 a great like another great scene them like that kind of like g4 scene and 
Apparently, my... oh god, as they're like counting up the G's, I'm just like so many G's. <laughs> like I don't know much about G's, but I know they're not good, and I know that higher the number is bad, and like they just keep like that. Fucking, it's just so hectic. Like there's just so many cuts and so much stuff flying at the camera, and like so much noise, and it is so mental. <laughs> apparently like a lot of the stuff where they're in space and that like michael bay would be like oh yeah like just act like you're weightless and like <laughs> ben affleck was like is this really like a multi-million dollar like movie you're just telling us to to act like we're weightless or like <laughs> i think it's like that some of the scenes when they're supposed to be underwater it's some of the actors are filmed through a fish tank to give the like illusion yeah because the big pool they're in like they is is an actual nasa pool and they would only allow them to film in it for 20 minutes like twice so it when you see like close-ups of bruce willis and uh ben affleck Mm. that's like they were in that pool everyone else weren't allowed in there like, really oh my a, god it was, it was it was fully nasa guys and it's you're ruining the magic for me <laughs> it's a weird one though it's a it's a weird one that like um i don't know for a film that is so scientifically inaccurate how <laughs> involved nasa were and it's like astronomers have like said that deep impact is the more like scientifically accurate film but it's just a bit boring I've never seen it. Just like it, I was when when I'd seen um, Armageddon, and I I believe I took more notice of film critics in those days, and um, I believe Armageddon was getting the favourable reviews over Deep Impact. It was a bit like Ants and Bugs Life, like it, they were both out at exactly the same time, and um, so I think I just like sixteen year old me was just like I've got Armageddon in my life. Why would I need Deep Impact? So I've just never seen it. Well, yeah, uh, Armageddon was the the biggest film that year like deep impact was number six so it's obviously like and it is that with that phenomenon you talk about like yeah there's bugs life and Mm -hmm. there's like what white house down and oh and olympus has fallen yeah yeah there's 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 like so many all the time it's weird isn't it i think there's a podcast idea in that um So let's get on to Dottie herself. So before, well, it's a crash landing for everyone involved. And mm, unfortunately we've lost for, the independence. Yeah, the, like this, like in my notes at this point, I was like really confused. Like whilst watching, I was like, I've got this far and I can't remember which one's called which. I was like, <laughs> I've watched it three times in a week. Like you should know this. But um, how, yeah, like how do you, um, I don't know, like, the well obviously noonan we don't care that he dies because like michael bay has done nothing to like make us care about that character but the death of oscar is like sad sad to lose oscar yeah it's it is he was such a force of good like he was just such a positive energy (laughs) he's a loss he is i I think on this rewatch though it was that thing of like oh that scene when he's praying (laughs) a lot more sense now it's like it's like oh, that's why he's getting this extra screen time and this kind of like quieter moment and it's like mm-hmm. um i reckon it's because they strapped him in extra tight and so that he couldn't get out of his seatbelt. <laughs> yeah that's so that, that fucking backfired didn't it 
Has he been out though? Because didn't they all get out for the? I don't, yeah. Oh yeah, get... I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Tell you what though, sounds planning to have dad and fiance on separate ships, wasn't it? That is that is very true. That is sounds very... planning. Well, I think it is the thing that what Harry's like the number one. Now I know they're leading different drilling teams, <laughs> blah blah blah. But also, it's good for Grace because she wants at least one of them to come back, doesn't she? Yeah, that like so that kind of interplay when like <laughs> you think like obviously the ground think that AJ and that are dead. Well, for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, everyone thinks that AJ yeah, and yeah, yeah. Lever dead. Uh, apart apart from the audience because we know they're not. Like here's a film where it's like oh in this kind of like last third you could very much expect them to like play it a bit more like dour and a bit more emotional and it's like no we're still gonna like give you some bombast and go fucking crazy with this oh yeah yeah no you're not gonna have to like go through um too much basically we have no time for you to mourn because we need you to jump a space drilling machine over the Grand Canyon. So just fucking put your foot down, mate. And that's when we get our second Star Wars reference when he says about evil Knievel and Lev says, JJ's like, yeah, I want that job. I want that job. <laughs> oh, so good. Um also, so we do get a little flashback to Grace um back at like ground control or whatever. Um, and uh, Truman says to her, like, maybe you shouldn't be here because obviously, like, she's watching all the screens with all the devastation and her dead fiance. And she says, I don't have anywhere else to go. It's, oh, my heart. It's heartbreaking because, yeah, they find out that the team of the Freedom have landed in like the ninth quadrant or something like that. And where they are, there's iron ferrite, so they can't. Yeah, they've this. they've overshot it. How does he know that? Because he's a genius. <laughs> and then William Fickner delivers the line that is again, it's like it's a real like emotional punch. He's like, You and your men are the biggest mistake in NASA history. Ouch. But then it's like the tension's ramped up because we've got Keith David on on Earth, like kind of going. We need to detonate this bomb. I've got the word from, got the word from the president, and then like because you, you know what this film means <laughs> at this stage, nuclear weapons. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm there thinking because you don't really see the president. I'm like I kept just thinking like imagine this situation happened like <laughs> with the la- like don't speak the evil's name like it's like <laughs> Harry and that wouldn't have even gone up. It's like no. it would have been, been nuke on day one. And then whilst they're at it, like, nuke nuke some of the countries he didn't like as well. <laughs> yeah, while, while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. I would just but I love, I love, I love it how they're like, okay, so we're doing, like, because the drilling has failed because of the iron ferrite. And um, so they're like, right, the secondary protocol, which is the big bomb. And then you get um, Truman and, like, the secret squirrel man yeah. at his computer terminal, like trying to disarm it, and they do disarm it, and it's like, oh, yay! And then, but they notice that, and then the other man comes over. He's like, please step away from the terminal, and he so he has like the savior guy has to leave, and then they re fucking death, like yeah, restart the timer. Oh my god, it's so stressful. Whilst we've got all that stuff up on the asteroid as well, where it's like the kind of head to head between. 
Harry and uh, William Fickner's character where he's like he's pulled a gun on him and I think it's like ch- like is it Chick who says like uh, Bill why Patton, have you got a gun yeah yeah he's, he's like oh who brings guns to space like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, like that, that is basically his delivery even in a tense moment like that Bill Patton's yeah, yeah no that was fucking uh, spot on like absolute mm, perfect mm, why has he got a gun to space now um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like when like even though again i i cannot stress this enough i've watched this three times in a week <laughs> i was still i was still on like the edge of my seat going like like do it do it like turn the bomb off like especially like and it's that thing like that that michael bay like shot where like the camera's right in William Fickner's face, like sweat dripping off, and like it's going back and forth to him and Gruber, and it's like red, 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 and like at the last second he says blue. It is like terrifying stuff. It's like proper like, yeah. shit your pants, like you're like fucking hell, like what's gonna happen? I thought it's gonna burst a blood vessel. Yeah, it is full on. Like it's really, <laughs> really well done. Um, like they use every trick in the book to just absolutely like white knuckle it. It's amazing. Um, also, while you while this is going on, you've got Steve Buscemi um, showing his first signs of space dementia. Um, he also shows off his amazing space shades, where he like presses a button and they just like flick yes. down in front of his eyes inside his helmet. I am all over that. Um, then he rides the nuclear warhead. Um, <laughs> in a kind of slim pickings from Dr. Strangelove situation, which is hilarious. Um, and then we get the amazing delivery of, he's got space dementia. Like, that's a thing. Yeah, because he does that whole thing. What is it he says? Like He's like, I just wanted to feel the power between my legs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and like he starts shouting, like, he's like, no more nukes. He's like, but those glasses, like, let's, let, yeah, like, I need to... I want a gif of that moment because that's amazing. Like, I would yeah. I would love a gif of that moment, please. Good. Yeah, if, if you can make that happen, I would be very happy. What, what is it he says? It says like along the lines like, wow, it's a beautiful view from like Earth from up here. And like I I my remem like me rem- yeah, remembering like uh this film from like seeing it as a kid, I guess, on like ITV two. Mm. I think this was like the, that, <laughs> that was it was hard rotation. Like especially around like the early two thousands. Um, oh yeah, I remembered this being a lot more like he absolutely like freaked, freaked out. Do you know what I mean? Like to the point where like I thought he, I thought Steve Buscemi like got killed essentially. Oh by, yeah, by no, they him. just like gaffer tape him to a chair or something in the end, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and like le- le- like he's kind of shouting his head off, and like Lev come comes in, and like weirdly just like takes off the tape from his mouth and then just walks away like, he's like I've, I've got some serious shit to do because we've we've come to save the day um yeah i mean that is a moment isn't it when the armadillo sort of comes yeah well essentially to the rescue and they all realize that like the guys are alive and we've got another drill bit because our one's broken <laughs> we might be able to do this after all but uh, yeah when the first armadillo blows up and obviously like that's when Max goes. Uh, mm. There's that really sobering, like, kind of, I would say five minutes, but this film doesn't, like, give you any chance to, like, mourn. It just kind of goes, like, on to the next thing. But, like, there's, a, again, like, a kind of montage of Earth, like, di- different places on Earth. Oh, yeah. And it does, like, it does, like, the, like, 
Titanic pan pipe like music kind of comes in to like really like let people know it's a it's a sad moment and then like there's there's lots of sort of um like low angled shots of people looking mournfully into the sky in sepia tones like everything suddenly all goes a bit brown i've got like a weird like i'm not sure i i thought something was wrong with my tv but every time it's in like paris it's like it's like a blue tint to everything. It's like really like garishly blue and horrible. And it's like this looks like it's like stock footage. Like and again, it's these weird like Dutch angles, like low Dutch angles. It's like, yeah. What is going on? And then yeah, as you like said earlier, Paris just gets fucking leveled. Like yeah. And it's <laughs> that is the thing of this film. It's like oh, that doesn't matter. That's elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. Like Shanghai's fucked completely. Paris is fucked completely. It's like we got a couple of holes in a New York street. Right? <laughs> a, a dog was in peril for approximately three minutes. Exactly. Like, and, and, can we take this seriously, please? That scene as well. Uh, some of the scenes from the New York stuff is in the US version of this film is like trimmed. Because there is uh, footage of the Twin Towers, like, oh uh, yeah, like yeah, uh, like with yeah, it's kind of unavoidable to see yeah. like compare like parallels, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, one of them has been hit by an asteroid in that scene, so it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's very like b- like bizarre, and yeah, there's, there's there's things throughout that through like cinema, whether it's it's Spider Man Two has a lot of like they kind of had to like get rid of like a whole chunk of that film because like. It was like, st- like a scene of Spider-Man catching a helicopter between the two towers or something. Yeah, like that. so that is so interesting. So I saw a trailer or like a um, a kind of promotional spot at the cinema. Um, I think it was Spider-Man. I don't think it was Spider-Man yes. 2. Um, and it had the web spun between the two towers. And I'm sure it's David Hyde Pierce who is in the helicopter. I've got such a vivid memory of this. It's so weird. Um, and that it was just like a, like a teaser for Spider-Man. And then I remember seeing the movie and it not being in there and being really disappointed. And I've literally never seen nor heard of it since. And yeah, so that's, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, because I think it was even like in Spider-Man's like reflection on his... Like I remember, all the posters kind of had to get recut. It's great, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, well, let's get back to the crazy <laughs> that is Armageddon, and yeah, that moment when the 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 gang turn up, and it's when uh, Harry gets to deliver the great line, "I've got five words for you," which is kind of like a, a motif throughout this film, right? And a lot yeah. of the time, it's like it's not five words at it's all. It's never five words. This is like I'm. I'm goddamn happy to see you, boy. And he's, he's like, that's six words. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get, yeah, the payoff from like... The, the payoff hot, from the... The hot dog yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the computers were wrong, it turns out, actually, because AJ does make it work. He pushes through and they fucking do it. So they get... It's like, yay, we finally, we've got the hole. <laughs> we can put the nuclear bomb in it. Oh, no, though. <laughs> the rock storm... 
the rock storm that killed Max, it also it damaged the detonator, mate. Like, what are we going to do now? We're not going to be able to remotely set off the bomb. And so somebody's going to have to stay behind and set it off themselves. So, what? yeah, the drawing of straw scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, it's fucking heartbreaking. Like, like, hats off to Ben Affleck for the, I don't know. The way he plays it is kind of like, <laughs> it's on one hand it's like it's believable but on the other it's like it's because he just goes like he gets the short straw and goes oh man like Jeremy you know I mean? he's like really like he really is like defeated and it's like he just like vocalizes it by being like okay yeah yeah and what is it he says like I, I guess we all gotta die like I'll, I'll do it here and there's like, that, that sense of bravado that I think is more heartbreaking than his kind of initial reaction because it's like yeah i'm sort of putting the face on it yeah yeah and And then to be honest like his reaction when harry then like pushes him into the um spaceship or whatever yeah Yeah, the airlock um because his reaction is then like like you can't do this to me like it's almost like he'd already like really quickly kind of made his peace with it and like he kind of like taken it on his his responsibility um and yeah so like that's like that's a really interesting way to play it like it's not no harry you can't do this it's like you can't do this to me like this is my fucking job and then you get all that bullshit about like oh well take taking care of my little girl that's your job now and i'm like yeah all right back off patriarchy she's going to be fine without both of you (laughs) so let's let's not forget the amazing line earlier (laughs) when uh harry and aj are talking about the fact that um him and oh no actually i can't remember who's having the conversation but bruce basically says um he's the only guy like in her age bracket on the um rig he's they're not in love he's just her only choice or something like that it's like burn but also true (laughs) he also does say to oscar though at the same time like you're pretty much the same age as her yeah, he's like, like you're like five minutes older than her. Yeah, yeah, because like when they, they have that speech and like they're all going like, hey, but she's she she she's young, she's full of just, I, she's full of emotions, <laughs> trying to find her way in life. And then like Ian Duncan, uh, Ian Duncan, no, fucking uh, Ian Duncan Clark, yeah, yeah, like kind of going like, hey, we all raised her, and you get that that, that like they get those beautiful moments, but like yeah, that that line has definitely aged terribly. That. Like, it's yeah that's, job that's it's to look I, after yeah. my little girl and it's mate no like that's that that's fine thank you um <laughs> but then we do get the saddest zoom call of all time yeah which ends which ends with like uh a, a shot that could be perfect for a poltergeist um <laughs> sequel with Liv tyler with her hand up against screens full of static oh, yeah brutal um, like brutal i'd like I, that the thing is like the as I've said throughout this, I know exactly what this film is doing in these moments, but I love it. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm on board. I am, I am. It, it, it is just that thing of like, I I know what you're doing. I know, and this is like one of, one of the films that I spoke to my parents about. Like, I went, oh, what's Armageddon the other night? And they'd like, they, they just went, oh yeah, it's good that one, isn't it? Which is like a kind of like a ra- a rare conversation for me. <laughs> it's like. I spoke to my like stepdad a while ago about um, uh, Nicholas Cage, and he's like, "Why do you do a podcast?" He's like, "I hate him." So like that kind of gives you an, an indication of like 
where like where, where the differences are and it's like the, the, the fact that we all agreed and went yeah oh, that Armageddon yeah Armageddon oh yeah Armageddon yeah bloody right yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah so um I think that the the line that really break breaks me uh when Harry and Grace have their scene is um she said like you promised you would come back and he says I'm gonna have to break that promise and it's like you're not just breaking that promise Bruce you're breaking my fucking heart (laughs) yes yeah like firstly that was a really stupid fucking promise to make like (laughs) what were you thinking (laughs) the moment he said of course I promise it's like wow you're dead oh (laughs) bye um, yeah, no, it is. It's like, like I say, when I saw it the first time, I was like inconsolable. They play it well. It's good. And like, you know, Liv Tyler's so fucking good in this film. And I know that my um, opinion about Bruce Willis on the whole has dipped rather, but like he's, you know, for better or worse, he's good at what he does on screen. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's an effective moment. I think Liv Tyler really does well with what she gets as well. Like, because she doesn't get a lot, really. She's kind of mm. like, let, let's be honest, this film is not passing the Bechdel test anytime soon. Like, <laughs> like Grace and Dottie. Uh, and the um, the NASA lady who gets basically sexually harassed while she's trying to brief them. Yes. Yeah. And like, even even like... I don't think she even, she gets a surname. That's it. It's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. You know I, mean? I like, know. Um, yeah, it's... The, the only thing I would say for a Michael Bay film, at least, it's not the leeriest. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, they, they are wearing kind of full clothes, which is impressive. Yeah, like the know. closest we get to it is the, the animal crackers scene, which, like... Ev- like but even with that, like it's kind of it's it's still like it's it's romantic, isn't it? Like it's yes. it's a bit pukey, but it's like two people who are in love with each other rather than like so say the meet you in um Transformers where you're just basically like going from her fucking ankles to her tits. Like yeah. it's you know, um Something so that... yes, it it's um an interesting kind of bracket to work within, but within Michael Bay's um catalogue it's not the worst <laughs> yes uh so when obviously yeah we've talked around the subject but obviously harry sacrifices himself and yeah. dies on dotty saving the world yeah and then we kind of like well, well we get like possibly one of the weirdest like sequences in the film of that like almost like i don't know it's, it's like bizarre eye shot flashback it's like yeah it is weird isn't it yeah it's like pushing her on a swing and then like her sort of yeah it's weird it's like a weird sort of montage flashback but all sort of interspersed with like yeah it's, it's almost like uh they go into that like void that is in like possessor as well you know like when yeah. it's like when oh, they're merging yeah. Because it's like you get shots of Liv Tyler and Bruce Willis in like this kind of black nothingness, just like stood there. 
like and it's, it's like under the skin yeah and yeah it's kind of like it's almost like horrifying it's like yeah what, yeah yeah what is this like what is like yeah what is going on and then, maybe oh maybe they asked udo Kier for tips on this bit <laughs> udo, i think maybe do? he he got involved he was like guys i've got some ideas for when he dies in the flashback <laughs> that's like the, the thing is, as well, like, the, the way this film ends, it's like, they're back down to Earth. Done. I love yeah. that there's no, like, fannying about with, like... No, you get, you get, um, it's nice because you get um, Chick, Chick? Yes. Yes, reunited with um, his son and the mum, and there's lots of hugging, cute. Um, Hound Dog somehow ends up with one of the strippers from the last night on Earth. Um, and... And Liv and um, AJ get back like yeah. together, and that's then it's like credits, right? Yeah, and then like through the credits, you get like this grainy footage of their wedding as well, <laughs> and it's like I, I like to me, I've, I've put in my notes like, do you reckon like that was the rap party? They just got everyone to dress <laughs> up for a wedding, and like just got oh, I love that I that, would love that if that, and Bruce great. Willis was Bruce Willis had to wear a big sheet and be a ghost <laughs> <laughs> or they had like another version of because they have those like uh, easels with with the face I think, I think oh yeah not actually yeah, easels yeah, yeah. but like with all the, no, they, all the I'm pretty yeah. sure they are yeah <laughs> um with all the photos they've got one of those but like with his face cut out and he just pokes his face through and that's the <laughs> like, character like the, like the seaside yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> that's amazing and then yeah you you even get you even get lev at the wedding and that and he's like in his kind of like um naval like kind of like regalia and stuff oh. like that and like um yeah bear looks great he looks like he's in some kind of like pink suit or something like that like like sharp as fuck and then yeah it is that thing of like right we've told our story it did take two and a half hours but like <laughs> it rattled along and like gave you so much that two and a half hours. i can't believe they didn't invite carl and dotty to the wedding that's all i'm saying that's uh that's where this film that's that's probably where this quite film, the snub yeah drops the ball so um <laughs> before before i yeah before i let you go and we wrap this thing up uh, I just wanted to mention slightly like the weird, le- not, not legacy, not weird legacy, but like the kind of things that surround this film. As I mentioned, like there is a toy range for this film. Mm-hmm. There is a Disneyland Paris ride that closed in 2019 mm-hmm. called Armageddon Less Special. No, it's, it's, it's Armageddon, the, the special effects, which from... I so I put the call out on Twitter to see if anyone had been on it, and it was like a resounding, yeah, it was shit. So like there was part of me going, ah, I missed out on like a, a great opportunity, and now I'm like, great, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I, thank God, I dodged a bullet. And ironically, as well, it's being replaced with an Avengers ride. Oh so. yes, well <laughs> there you go, and that, we have come full circle. Yes. And, <laughs> and as we talked about something um, off air, is this is a film that is in the Criterion Collection. Which... I know this has blown my mind. <laughs> so this is one of two Michael Bay films 
that are in the Criterion Collection. Would you like to hazard a guess at which is the other one? Mm. I'm going to say, mm, no, I'm going to say this, but I don't think it's right. I'm going to say The Rock. Yeah, that is the Oh, that is the yes, nailed it. Yeah. And, but like, like some, like, I, I like to point this out a lot of the time as well, is like how as much as like the Criterion Collection is like a cool thing, it's also like backwards and like doesn't know what it's doing. Because <laughs> it's like, it's often pointed out online when people are like, there's not a lot of like, diverse representation in the criterion mm -hmm. collection it's like there's no there's no women there's no like people of cut you know what i mean it's like oh no bound back yeah like marriage story oh um barry jenkins don't worry about moonlight and it's mm. like i always go like it's crazy there's all this like under representation and michael bay's got two of the fuckers <laughs> in there <laughs> oh my god yes what a what a glowing indictment of the hollywood system <laughs> that's amazing amazing so let's get on to some coppola connections and wrap this thing up so could you find did you manage to find any becky uh coppola connections through this film i didn't i didn't no. i failed my mission no worries i will I, I as i said earlier on i'll rattle off a couple just because there's so many probably go for some of the more weirder ones and tenuous let's go for the mm -hmm. tenuous billy bob thornton is in fargo season one jason schwartzman appears in i believe the newest season so is that three or four of fargo billy bob thornton was also in the outsiders tv series which was produced by zoe trope studios which is francis ford coppola's production house very good some connections to Nicolas Cage quickly. William Fickner is in Drive Angry. Will Patton is in Gone in 60 Seconds. Apparently, oh, yeah. apparently around this time, he just wanted to be in films where he was a part of like a ragtag bunch. <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had to do one last mission. <laughs> um, Peter Stromer, I, I, I couldn't not mention his amazing turn in 1999's 8mm. And... Owen Wilson, probably somebody I'm going to be talking about a lot on this podcast because he is in The Life Aquatic with Steve Suzu, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Jardilian Limited, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and he wrote Rushmore. And uh, Grace Zabriskie is in Wild at Heart. Along yes, with Nicholas he Cage. is. That's right. That's um, right. And yeah, that's, 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 there's more, but like we'd be here fucking ages <laughs> what, oh, actually one last one Udo Kia is in the Nicolas Cage produced Shadow of the Vampire which oh is, is he so Udo Kia likes to like, I, I looked at his IMDB whilst like doing this I was like the guy's got too many like there's oh, well over a hundred credits and it's like now I'm like oh, why did I do a Nick Cage podcast I could have done an Udo Kia podcast I would have been I would have still been going um <laughs> So let's score this film and get the fuck out of here, Becky. So weird scoring system. What do you think would be a perfect wine pairing for this film? Obviously, the Coppolas have an affinity for wine. What, what would you What would you drink along with this film? Well, I have <laughs> given this some thought. Perfect. I was in Canada a couple of years ago, and they do this stuff called ice wine, which is like it's a dessert wine. And um, it's really sweet because the 
um, the grapes like freeze on the vine, which like concentrates all the sugar in the grapes. And then they make this really like sweet dessert wine. And I thought because Dottie is a big icy bitch, I would like <laughs> to pair it with with an ice wine. That is perfect. And, and that's an ice wine, not a nice wine, but a nice <laughs> ice wine. I'd probably go for like a bottle of Lambrini because it like it's it kind of it is cheap. It is like it is nasty. You know what it is, but it, it does the trick. And I think that is, very, trick, yeah. that is very much what Armageddon does. Like you going in, you know exactly what it is. But yeah. it's, it still get it still gets the end goal. You get to the end goal and you're you're rightfully pissed by the end of it. You're pissed on <laughs> tears and, and emotions <laughs> and, and manipulation. Adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. It's like I might, watch, might watch it again like uh, um, and how much are you paying for that wine aka is this a good or is this a bad film i mean i'm not going to go very expensive i would probably pay in the region of five pound 99 perfect that's a, that's a that's a that's a decent score and um this isn't i'm not sponsored but you can get the criterion blu-ray of armageddon <coughs> on world of books for 4.99 so for t- for for well for t- if you'll excuse me i have <laughs> some shopping to do <laughs> so uh yeah that is a perfect evening's entertainment for less than 12 pounds uh, <laughs> so if anyone's crazy enough to not have seen this film becky would you recommend it yes well, yes now do it now and uh just some fun questions before we go which couple of family member would you keep but in the in doing so you'd have to get rid of every other member of the family jesus um i'm so glad i'm I'm on this end of asking these questions uh well i'd keep sophia but don't think it's not breaking my heart to lose Nick Cage. It's it, it, yeah, that's that's I, like the more I've especially been like reading like about Sophia, like that's the, one of the things with this podcast. So the more I'm kind of looking into people, it's like, and I don't know. I think so far on this podcast, a film that's really like hit me like personally is somewhere. So I can definitely yeah, it's an amazing film. I can definitely see like an affinity with Sophia's film, and so it seems like every film is a choice. So that's mm. a so that's a perfect pick. Um, and are are the Coppola's the greatest film family of all time? I think they're the biggest film family of all time. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I know enough about their collective output to call them the greatest but i mean they've got to be a strong contender so yeah 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 well obviously i'm pretty biased because i'm the one who's <laughs> decided to uh say so, so um uh let's move on to the probably the biggest question of this podcast is what does bill murray say to scarlett johansson at the end of lost in translation <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think he says I got I got five words for you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn good to see you, boy. 
Perfect. I'm happy to take that as an answer if, uh, <laughs> if, if you can't think of anything. Either that or he's asking for Rudy Kier's phone number. I don't know. Yeah, I've got, I've got a project. I think it'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's vampires in space. I don't know if that's something. Oh, I, I, I'm sold on that one. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something like John, if, if, if John Carpenter's vampires had done well that's where it would have gone next. oh 100% yeah. yeah that's so true and then vampire well vampires in the hood or something yes amazing so um, well no that's that's the leprechaun that's, um, no I know but oh. that's, well, yeah that's what I was thinking but um, vampire in Brooklyn is probably the closest thing to that isn't it yes um, so Thank you so much, Becky, for coming. Thank along. you for having me. This has been an absolute joy. Yeah. Um, so where can people keep up to date with everything you're doing? I know you have a f your fingers in a lot of pies. Is that a weird is that a weird saying to say these days? I don't know. I, I think it's a fine thing to say. Um <laughs> I yeah, uh so the best place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at funny dark. Um you that's where I kind of share a lot of my stuff and there's a link tree link in my profile which will take you to um where I sort of share a lot of my writing um I've also recently started a patreon um just to uh sort of give people the opportunity that if they like what I'm putting out there into the world they can um yeah. give me some support sort of financially um but at the same time I know that it's not a great time financially for a lot of people so it probably wasn't the best time to start a Patreon actually <laughs> um but uh yeah like you know just give me a follow and you know listen to my stuff and read my ramblings and yeah it will you know I'm not hard to find yeah people can find you on some amazing other podcasts well always popping up whether it's uh, don't point that horror at me eerie indiana evolution of horror when you 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 and stevie webb whenever you pop up on that, <laughs> it's an absolute uh, joy uh final girls with previous guest uh anna bogutskaya uh and yeah like i know i know you've recently you started writing for is it zobo of a shotgun's ghouls magazine as well that's, that's right yeah, yeah that's right i um i've started i'm doing like a monthly column for ghouls um so it's called Ladies Night, where I'm looking at a different female directed horror film every month. Um, so the first one was on um, Karen Kusama's The Invitation. Uh, so that's doing the rounds at the moment. And um, my next one will be out in April. Um, and it's going to be so it's a bit of a change of pace from um, the slow burn, subtle, um, dramatic entity that is The Invitation. I'm going completely in the other direction and i'm going to be writing about urban legends bloody mary <laughs> so uh yeah um keep your eyes peeled for that amazing again thank you for coming along and making some couple of connections with me thank you so much And there we have it, guys. Another film filed in the done pile. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much to Becky for coming and chatting about this one with me. You may have thought her answer to are the Coppola's the greatest film family of all time was a bit on the fence there. But fear not, as Becky will be back at some point 
where I can really drill down and get a solid answer to are the Coppola's the greatest film family of all time? If you think they are, don't hesitate to get in touch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, all at Caged In Pod, or drop me an email at cagedinpod at gmail.com. As for next week on the podcast, I'll be discussing the 1996 Patricia Arquette starring Flirting with Disaster, where I'll be joined by James Hancock of Wrong Real Podcast and the Geeking with James Hancock YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on Acast, Apple Podcasts, or whichever podcast platform you're listening to this on right now. I've been Petros Patsilivis, your guide through the crazy world of the Coppola family tree, so be sure to keep it Coppola, and I'll catch you next time. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.